and the neighbor around the corner who was the great society pianist, we're still friends. And we do Zoom calls on Sundays sometimes, once a month. And he provided me with my first vintage sheet music that I really felt resonated with me. And it was called I Want to Be Bad. And I'm like, these flapper chicks have it going on. That was Kitten on the Keys. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Kitten picks up where she left off in part one. If you haven't heard that yet, please go back and listen. She moved to San Francisco in 1981 to go to college at SF State. She liked school and talks about the band she was in back in those days, including one with a rather infamous U.S. musician. After college, Kitten worked at a spree and later at a vintage store. It was there that she became inspired by 1920s piano music. And that's how Kitten on the Keys came to be. These days, Kitten plays shows mostly outdoors at a few different spots around town. Follow her on socials for more info. We end the podcast with Kitten's response to the idea of still being here in San Francisco. Stick this one out to the end of the episode to hear a musical sampling of Kitten on the Keys. We'll have a bonus episode for you tomorrow with a few more tunes. Here's Kitten. Of course, everybody that I went to high school with, everybody was going to UC Berkeley or going to a UC school, and I felt like such a loser that I couldn't do that. So I applied at San Francisco State, had no idea what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I came over for an um, orientation, mm-hmm. ended up staying in the dorms, and I'm like, sure, I can make this work. So I ended up uh, starting school in 1981. At State. At State. Okay, I'm just going to quickly say, probably more than half of our guests on this show, and myself, went to SF State. Really? It's the most common denominator. Oh, I love that, though. Anyway, me too. I absolutely, I loved, there. I absolutely um, loved it. So did you move out here or did you commute? I did. Okay, I so lived that in... Was your commu- that was your move. That was my move. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. And like on my first day of school, I didn't know how to... Or the night before, I didn't know how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. I'm still drunk at 8 o'clock in the morning for my yes. very first class. Yes. And somehow I drove somebody's car home. I don't even know how to drive a car. Still don't know how to drive a car. Okay. And that wasn't such a good start to my academia, <laughs> shall we say. I know, it sounds more like uh, like the middle of the school year of your senior Yikes, year. Yikes, I know. And I'm <laughs> like, maybe this isn't getting off to such a good start, you know? Yeah. But what I love is I'm still really good close friends with some people from that era. Awesome. Yeah, and and uh, it's nice to know that we're sober, capable adults at this point. Right know? on. 40 yeah. years later. Yeah. But What was state like? San Francisco like 40 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Um, cigarettes were cheap. Uh, I lived in the dorms. I remember having music wars with some of the kids. Everything was... Um, Queen and David Bowie under pressure. Oh. I just had too much of it. And I remember doing playing um, Hamburger Lady uh, very, very, very loud um, from Throbbing Gristle. Mm-hmm. And I think I blew my speakers out. <laughs> and I still went to a ton of shows. Mm-hmm. And I remember 
spray painting and accidentally spray painting some stuff at San Francisco State in the dorms. And it was for this band Flipper. Mm -hmm. And what's so crazy is my current partner, who's now 71 years old, played saxophone on their first album and is going to be playing with them for a New Year's Eve show coming up. So things come full circle. It's kind of strange. But I remember loving to take the uh, the streetcar, the F car, I believe is what it was, or the M car. The one that goes to state? That goes to state. I think it's the M, It's yeah. the M, and yeah. it was like these old, old green buses. And I could go anywhere, and I had this freedom because I don't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. And I'm pretty good at navigating myself around the city. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing when I wasn't studying, air quotes, um, <laughs> I was definitely um, looking for adventures. Mm-hmm. Would you say that moving here and going, starting to go to state was sort of an extension of the, the time you had spent here before moving here with that new freedom of being what, whatever, an adult? I, I don't know. I just loved... Um, being able to get out of Lafayette, I was very, very, very unhappy there. Mm-hmm. Like, really unhappy mm-hmm. there. And um, if you weren't this cookie cutter Lafayette, Akalani's High School kind of person, you were looked at as an outcast. Mm. And I didn't think of myself as an outcast. I thought, I'm nice, I'm fun, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And so... You're d- I'm just not that. Yeah, and, and I was able to be my, my real self. And that's what was so great. And I also can't believe how inexpensive everything <laughs> used to be in San Francisco. It's just You're so right. weird to look back at that. Right. And again, went to just so many incredible shows. That was just like the thing. Like saw Public Image. Um, seemed to see like X came here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also loved classes because for undergraduate stuff, you had to take a lot of history. And mm-hmm. I loved San Francisco history. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, wow, I learned so much about San Francisco, like the Barbary Coast and all sorts of crazy parts about San Francisco that I never knew. And I'm like, wow, it's really great to be here. Mm-hmm. And you haven't left. I haven't left. Okay. I don't want to leave. So um, we can maybe zip through college and then you graduate. What was, was it? Never a question. I'm going to stay here or, or. No, I always knew that I was going to. You stay certainly here. weren't going to go to Lafayette. No, <laughs> no. Um, and then, you know, of course, um, there are some hazy years there because being in a band, oh my God, I should probably tell you about some of my bands. Let's so hear about your bands. In San Francisco State, I met up with a woman whose name was Susan, and I was Suzanne. And she asked me to play in a band with her. And we had a band called The White Stains, which was named after an Aleister Crowley poetry book. Mm-hmm. And then people started making all these assumptions that we were breaking into the San Francisco Zoo and sacrificing animals. Mm-hmm. Not true. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, you could, it's statute of limitations. You, could, you yeah. can admit it now. And you want to know <laughs> who started that rumor? Who's that? Her name was Courtney Manili at the time, mm-hmm. who is AKA Courtney Love. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she somehow found out about my piano playing. Next thing you know, I'm in a band with her. Mm-hmm. 
and Kat Bieland, who was in Babes in Toyland, mm-hmm. Jennifer Finch from L7, mm-hmm. and Deanne Franklin, who is still a well-respected sound engineer here in San Francisco, made our recording at Paul Ratt's studio. So I have these crazy early demos of Courtney Love in a band called Sugar Baby Doll, which also became Sugar Babylon. And then unfortunately, Courtney and I had a kooky falling out, which is a story in itself. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you were killing animals at the... Uh, the We really weren't. We really really weren't. I don't know where she got that from. Well, you know, kids. Yeah, but I remember seeing Courtney like waiting for the bus and she'd have no shoes on and she'd have this incredible beaded 1920s beaded gown and this huge hat on. And I'm just like, who is this lady? Mm-hmm. And it's kooky that we ended up being in a band together. Yeah. And was that, um, were, were y'all all at SF State or? Uh, no, no. That, that you, was, you just happened to be there. When yeah. Okay. And that would have been, Yes. She found out about me because of my connections with some other San Francisco state bands. Okay. And I lived in the dorms with a lot of people who ended up being in a band called Faith No More. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So back in the dorm days. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's that's all fun. Um, <laughs> what happened after college? Um, and, and what was San Francisco like? So now, now we're talking like mid, mid to late 80s or so? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I graduated and I started at 81 and graduated a little late, I believe in 86. Okay. And kind of floundered. Mm-hmm. I, I had a uh, quote unquote art degree, mm-hmm. um, interdisciplinary art, where I could do sound recording, which I'm terrible at, um, art, which I'm terrible at. And 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 music and uh, I have no idea how I graduated. Right. I don't know how that happened. Right. But I did. Oh, and I worked in an, in the art gallery at San Francisco State mm-hmm. and at the radio station. Mm-hmm. And my old boss at the radio station ended up becoming the manager of Nirvana. Oh wow! Oh, it's just like so crazy how yeah. all Another these Seattle connection. Yeah, things. People going connect. from here to Seattle. Oh, yeah. A lot of people move up that way. Yeah. What was San Francisco like? It was inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And... What was your first place to live outside of the dorms? It was 9th Avenue. Oh. Right on 9th Avenue uh, between Irving and Judah. Oh, wow. And... uh, The the thick of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember these guys trying to crawl into my window Mm -hmm. and uh, getting arrested because they wanted to talk about punk rock with me. Oh, okay. They came from the donut shop on the... The 24-hour donut (laughs) shop on the corner. Breaking and entering. You're like, yep, I'm just trying to enter and talk about punk. And I ended up working at a place called Esprit, Esprit Mm -hmm. Clothing, which Mm -hmm. was down on Tennessee Street, and they were a very big innovative company at the time, and they just grew and grew and grew and grew Mm -hmm. and grew. And um, I was a phone operator there for many years, Mm -hmm. and then they closed our department, Mm. so I moved on to vintage clothing, and I worked on Haight Street for many years, which was always very colorful, lots of transients, lots of celebrities coming Mm -hmm. in and buying vintage clothing. And I remember there was a double rainbow across the street and all the kids that worked at double rainbow were so fun and creative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they now, um, are still fabulous, creative 
citizens of San Francisco. One of them, Darcy Drollinger, owns the Oasis, right. who's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason Mercier, who is a fabulous collage artist. Okay. He finds, he gets uh, like celebrities' garbage things that they would throw away and he makes these incredible collages out of them he's he's actually very well known and he's now your he's the pillow guy and he sells pill, uh, art pillows oh okay i was gonna say not my pillow no no not the my pillow Please, guy not. no he's like your pillow guy <laughs> oh. it's kind of a like a take on that good and his stuff is really f- phenomenal but i love that i used to work across the street from them yeah and then here we are still at it and then, um, was this the '90s? Now, um, we're still in the '80s. Oh, okay. And then I worked at a nightclub called DB8, which was uh, south of Market on Second, mm-hmm. and boof, uh, got introduced to a lot of sex and drugs and rock and roll mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. and the whole nightclub scene. And uh, it's it's hard to imagine I lived through that as well. Yeah. Um, and then I started working uh, on Divisadero Street, and this would be late 80s. Mm-hmm. And I ended up working at this place for 17 years. Oh, it was wow. called the Third Hand Store, and it was the very first vintage clothing store on the whole West Coast. And wow. if you know about the uh, queer performance troupe, the Coquettes, mm-hmm. many of them used to work there and buy uh, everything there. Okay. And I lived above the store at Division Pine awesome. and worked there for 17 years. Wow. So into the millennium or mm-hmm. whatever the heck we are in now. Yeah. Did you live over there the whole time? Mm-hmm. Um, for, a, for a long time. I lived south of Market at a time. Okay. In a big old warehouse. Where we had a dungeon and like all these people were coming in and, you know, doing the, the hanky pank with the, <laughs> the whips and the chains and the tying okay. up and all that good stuff. Okay. Fun. Sort of an extension of the club scene, it seemed. Right. And then uh, they started building Costco across the street from where we lived. Mm-hmm. It was an old elevator uh, company. And unfortunately, we all had to leave. Yeah. Yeah, but those were some crazy times. I bet. Was that 90s? Yes. Now? I'm better at the 90s. I mean, I get, it gets better <laughs> towards the 90s. <laughs> the memory does, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned Diviz and Pine. That area is a lot different now than it used to be. Definitely. All of Divisadero is a lot Definitely. different. Um, when did you, when were you there and when did you leave? I believe I started there in the late 80s. And I worked there through the 90s, and I remember I got married to this guy in 98, and I was there. And then I worked there a little while longer. So I probably worked there probably up until like 2004. Okay, okay. So for a, for a long time. And I don't <laughs> want to jump ahead. Yeah, but, but yeah, I talk too much. Please. Not at all. When when was Kitten born? So that c- goes hand in hand with the third hand store because we were selling all this thought vintage may- stuff. I thought maybe. Yeah. Um, there was a very famous pianist that lived around the corner by the name of Peter Minton. Mm-hmm. And he used to play at the Fairmont Hotel and have jazz orchestras. And it was all like 20s and 30s. I got introduced to the Art Deco Society. And we, ju- we played vintage music the whole time. Mm-hmm. And... I became obsessed with the 1920s. Okay. And previously, 
in my childhood, I would always cut Sunday school to watch Shirley Temple movies. Mm -hmm. So the 20s and 30s, I always felt were kind of a big part of me and Kitten. Mm -hmm. And I felt that uh, Kitten on the Keys is the name of a song. Oh. And uh, it is a ragtime novelty. And it reminds me of my disjointed brain that doesn't fire correctly. And you know how a cat goes on a piano. So I thought it was very fitting for me. When did so, that? When did that? When was that persona? Born? That was probably in 97, 98. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she's been with us a good quarter century. She's been here for a while now. Yeah. And what about playing out for people? Uh, I started playing um, through working in the vintage clothing store and collecting all the vintage sheet music, and the neighbor ac- around the corner who was the great society pianist. We're still friends, and awesome. we do Zoom calls on Sundays sometimes, once a month. And he provided me with my first vintage sheet music that really mm. felt resonated with me. It was called "I Want to Be Bad," mm. and I'm like, "These flabber chicks have it going on." There was a club south of Market called Luster, mm-hmm. and I started playing Kurt Vile for singers and drag queens um, in the in the '90s, mm-hmm. probably in the earlier '90s, and then joined a burlesque troupe in like the year 2000 and uh, I was married to this artist and he didn't like that I was doing this thing and then the next thing you know we start going on tour we went to LA we went to the exotic world museum and that's actually how I met Deb oh yeah it's cuckoo crazy right and um Started playing again because I will admit, probably playing with the White Stains and Courtney Love kind of made me quit music for a long time. Left a bad taste in your mouth. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, if this, these people can become famous with all these situations and lack of talent. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that's mean. That's cruel. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it, it just, it, it left me with a lot of confusion. But now you're back. Now I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about? kitten on the keys t- in pandemic times just to get us caught sure. up sure so um kitten on the keys and the pandemic times decided to use her iphone 6 plus with the cracked screen <laughs> <laughs> to open this world into my living room mm-hmm. and i have a cat piano it goes meow 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 and you play it and i have all these old castios and i play the ukulele and i play the accordion and I started trying to make people happy by playing songs. And then I found out that people were like, what's your Venmo? What's your PayPal? And I was like, wow, people actually are appreciating this. Because it was just a way for me to kind of pass the time. And because I live out uh, by Ocean Beach and Golden Gate Park, I started going into Golden Gate Park and Ocean Beach and making little videos and editing them together. They're really not good, so don't <laughs> go look at them. And started a YouTube channel that nobody watches. Um, and then uh, I started this thing called Quirky Cabaret, and it was with some pianists who are amazing from Martunis, mm-hmm. and which is a piano bar. And I'm not like a super big show tune person. I'm not super well-versed. I'm well-versed in the earlier stuff, but like new stuff. I never thought that I could play at Martini's or be a part of it because it's just 
I don't know, very intimidating to mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these incredible arrangers and pianists invited me along and uh, Quirky Cabaret was dirty songs only, which Kitten is well versed on. <laughs> uh, made a career of it going to, I went to Europe for 13 years performing oh, wow. in France and did like a big movie that won a Palme d'Or at Cannes and oh, stuff. Wow. Okay. And uh, it was crazy that these really good musicians like took me under their wing. And if they hadn't invited me, I probably would have not done so much online performing. Mm. But then we started a thing called Bridge Bang, and it's two pianists from Oakland, The Alley, which is an incredibly old love piano it. bar that's yes. amazing. Yes, love that place. And uh, we would all meet online, and people would ask for requests. And at the spur of the moment, we would just put on these shows. This is during the pandemic. This is during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Bridge Bang. Bridge Bang and Quirky Cabaret. Are either of those still going? Oh, my God. This Sunday, we're having a reunion. It's called Holiday Bang. Okay. And so it's uh, Brian Seat. He's like a jazz pianist. Jeff Lobb, who is friggin' phenomenal. He is such a great uh, pianist and arranger and singer. He's written so many original shows. And he was Van Morrison's, you know, like, dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm, beginning mm -hmm, of moon dance mm -hmm, that's jeff mm -hmm. he okay. was van morrison's band leader for oh, wow. like ever he played in the first saturday night live band i mean he's such oh. a legend and okay. the fact that i get to spend online time with him <gasps> and then we have joe wicked who is fantastic from martunis such a versatile pianist songwriter and uh russell Deason. and so this sunday two to five we're gonna have our little holiday bang reunion Awesome. I will totally promote that. Unfortunately, this episode's going to go I know, that's after okay. that. That's okay. Anything coming up after whatever next Tuesday is the 7th, I think? Um, I'm playing Tuesday oh. um, at, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday at the right spot. Okay. Yeah. And what about other, the other do you have other regular gigs here Thursdays? Um, no, I don't really have any other regular gigs. Got it. But um, you, just like when it, like the... the, the Madrone is the first Thursday of every month. Okay. So that's my only one where I know where I'm going to be at a particular time. But Got everything it. else is like super freelance. And how do people find you? They can find me on all the socials under Kitten on the Keys. Instagram. I have a website, kittenonthekeys.com. Um, I uh, have Twitter. And I have a page, a Facebook page. So. Okay, we're not quite done. If we, if you have a couple more minutes. Of course. Because this season um, of our show, our theme is we're still here. And I like to, at the end of every episode, I like to sort of pick our guest's brain on that topic. What it means to still be in San Francisco through everything i think the last decade has been devastating to san francisco i think the pandemic sort of made that even w more pronounced let's say but a lot of us are still here and we're singing and we're running small businesses and you know doing doing things what, what does it mean to you to still be here first of all i can't believe i'm still here i thought for sure that i would not still be here 
but I don't know where to go. And of course, we look at that, and there's so many things going on in the country right now. And I have these really strong roots in France, but I don't know if I want to live there either. And there's so much bureaucracy. I am so grateful to still be here in San Francisco. I am grateful that people hire me. I can't believe I still have an apartment with a roof over my head. We have been through so much. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, every time I walked down the stairs, I got this impending feeling that I wouldn't still be here. I, it just like doom and gloom mm. to the point of I didn't want to leave the house because mm. I was so afraid. And it, I wasn't afraid of the pandemic. I was afraid of the landlords and the situation. The being changed while you're gone. In, yeah. in the outer sunset because, right. you know, Sandwiches are $18. Coffees are 6 yeah. Tacos are 14 bucks For one taco. It's ridiculous. Um, I applied for art grants, and they said that I lived in too fancy of a zip code. I'm like, huh? I've been out in the, in the outer sunset for almost 30 years, yeah. and I just think that that's, that's really strange. But I have tons of gratitude that I'm still here. We find ways to make it. Uh... I every like like for instance, just being here at the Royal Cuckoo, we're still here, knowing that Deb is so inviting, that Chris invites me to come play. I never thought in a million years that somebody like Chris Siebert would want me to play the piano at a venue, mm -hmm. and it it means so much to me. Mm -hmm. I walk into the Madrone like last night. Everybody is so happy to see me. They're loving the performance and. Like I, I, I'm very overwhelmed. Like I, almost to the point of tears that I'm still here. I bring food with me and tea with me everywhere we go because I can't afford to go get a five dollar coffee. You know what I mean? And and uh, I carry around a lot of stuff with me just you know because of that. But I have found ways to survive, and I'm not gonna say I'm a cockroach, like uh, who's still here. I think I'm kind of like a potted plant. Like, I think the new people in San Francisco, they love the idea of artists and musicians, but they don't nurture it. Like, I'm a plant they're not watering, and I am withering away. And I don't want to be a withered plant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep putting my roots in. I think my roots are strong. And just keep playing and keep making it happen. Like... The Madrone gave me a raise because they know how hard everything is for the artists because they got funding for the Independent Alliance venue. And to pass that along to me makes me feel so flippin' good. You have no idea. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm at the right spot, there's like nobody there. And they'll be like, you know, we can't really pay you, but how, here's some food. I'm like, I'll take the food. So it, it's been working out and it's just the kindness of everybody that thank God there's some nice people left in San Francisco because I feel like that's a little rare these days. And I felt like I have found a community that is loving and nurturing and kind. And I love it. And I'm so grateful for it. And as promised, here's Kitten playing I Want to Be Bad. If it's naughty to rouge your lips, 
Shake your shoulders and twist your hips. Little lady, confess I want to be back. If it's naughty to vamp the men, sleep each morning till after 10. Then the answer is, oh yeah, I want to be back. This thing of being such a good little goody, you know, it's all very well. What can you do when you're loaded with plenty of When you're learning what lips are for And it's naughty to ask for more Little lady, confess I want to be bad Kitten on the Keys. On the next Storied San Francisco, we're excited to introduce you to David Miles Jr., founder of the Church of Eight Wheels. Episode 31 drops next Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. Stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.